This is Bulls Beat on USF Bulls Unlimited. Each weekday morning, Bulls Beat is your stop for exclusive interviews, highlights, and the very latest on all sports at the University of South Florida. With today's show, here's your host, Derek Sharp. Oh yeah, we're doing it again. Not just talking about recapping a men's basketball victory, but a full hour on Bulls Beat. This has been happening a lot over the last month or so, especially after a weekend like that, especially after just an early Sunday like that, where not only did the men's basketball team overcome a very talented defensive team in SMU and some big-time challenges to win a 13th in a row. And, yes, since that's the first time the men's basketball team has ever won 13 straight in Bulls history, we are going to devote plenty of this first segment to them. We will also, though, definitely... At the end of this first segment, tell you about the indoor track and field champions, the conference champions on the men's side for the Bulls, and we will highlight Eric Jenkins' squad and what they did in Birmingham this weekend, and we'll tell you about all of the members and what they did here in this first block. In our second block, and it'll be also filled with victories, baseball and softball from the weekend. My goodness, did baseball put up some runs a program first there, four straight wins by at least 10 runs. And since it's non-conference, there was an agreement that there would be a run rule of 10 runs. And yeah, the Bulls hit it all four times. That is crazy. We'll attempt to give you all of the standout individual performances. Although if I miss one, don't worry, we'll make it up to you later this week. There is a pretty good chance we don't do a Bulls beat show on Wednesday. A couple reasons. One, I'm going to be probably a little bit tired because it's for good reason. Going with the baseball team tomorrow to play at FSU. And we'll be getting back really, really late. And plus, I've got a doubleheader with softball on Wednesday. And it's a busy week. So what we'll probably end up doing on that Wednesday is just replaying a lot of the action from the weekend and hopefully a baseball victory. But they certainly got plenty this weekend. We had on Friday's show the softball team losing those two games against top 10 teams. But a real chance to win all three games this weekend. And they did. And we'll tell you all about it. We didn't have any of those games on the radio, so no audio highlights, but plenty to tell you about. And unfortunately, not a good finish for women's basketball in Tulsa on Sunday. It was a thrilling game. Sometimes you want to say, oh, it couldn't have been a good game since the Bulls lost it, but it was really a great game. We'll drop in a couple of moments that you need to hear and tell you the Bulls are 8-8 eight and eight in the conference with two games to go. And kind of where things stand they are off until Saturday actually the men's basketball team is off until Saturday we'll also give you some golf and some tennis as the men are in action out west the women played 36 holes have some work to do on Monday in Arizona and a tough weekend for men's tennis they were hosting a doubleheader on Saturday and lost both matches as close as you could be at four to three so the men's basketball team yeah we'll start there And we'll start with another fantastic sellout crowd, more than 10,200, and another nationally televised audience to watch the Bulls. So happy, by the way, for Jim Lighthall as a longtime friend. I've known him going on 30 years now, and that's about how long he's been calling men's basketball, and he has not had anything like this. He and Joey Johnston have been just rising to the occasion, as I said last week. Not that they haven't done a great job throughout their history, but... This year, they've had history to call, and again on Sunday. It was not a pretty game. So when you have a slogan of gritty, not pretty, 
Sometimes it's out there for the world to see because the Bulls have had plenty of pretty victories with lots of free-flowing offense, lots of points. Actually, there were a lot of points, but plenty at the free throw line, which was one of the many key categories in this victory, which has, by the way, the Bulls at 14-1 and in the conference and after other events, a full three-game lead on both FAU and Charlotte with three games to go. At worst, they'll be tied for first, with a win over the team that they're tied with. So yeah, they're going to be the number one seed for the conference tournament. We'll get into that later on, but let's focus on the win and some highlights in this case. Felt like it was going to be a pretty good showing from three land for the Bulls as they get off to a flying start there. Grabbed by Youngblood, outlets it to Pryor. Here come the Bulls on a four on three. In the corner it goes. Kobe Knox sets his feet, fires, rattled it in. Kobe Knox gets the first triple. There's Kobe Knox again with his offensive renaissance. Really reliable from deep range. Pryor, wide open, left wing three. Got it! Kaysen Pryor, a triple, and the Bulls have taken a 6-3 to three lead. Boy, they forgot all about him over there. Yeah, you can't forget about Kaysen Pryor on the wing because he will kill you. Three minutes in, Bulls lead 6-3. Plosser asks for a high screen. They bluff it. He fires from the logo. Good! Jose Plosser from way downtown. That is three makes from three-point range, and the Bulls have pulled out to a 9-3 lead. And there you go. They've got the pace going, and they've got the threes dropping, and they would slow it down as Case and Pryor hit a jumper about 80 seconds later. He had a fantastic game. But then the Bulls would miss six shots in a row, and SMU would miss plenty on its end, but get off a lot more attempts. The Mustangs enter the game 11th in the country in offensive rebounds, basically 14 a game. And, well, they almost had that in the first half alone with 12 and none for the Bulls. Second chance points, 18 to none. First half field goal attempts, 36 for SMU, 21 for the Bulls because, obviously, of all the putback opportunities. Again, they're one of the top rebounding teams in the country. They've got big men, but they also have guards who are all six foot five, and the Bulls just don't have the size to match up. And SMU kind of has that mentality and that identity, and we were seeing it. And fortunately, the Mustangs couldn't convert towards the middle of the first half. It went from 13 to 7 with 12 minutes to go to 15 to 12 with 8 minutes to go. But then Selton Miguel had a spark, and well, SMU had an answer the middle of the first half highlights here. Here's Chuck Harris between the legs a couple times. He's got Corey Walker on him. He elevates, shoots that, jumps out. That's an air ball, and out of bounds it goes. Two air balls by the Mustangs in the first 10 minutes of this game. Well, after some nice three-pointers by USF early in the game, this has turned into a rock fight, slugfest, non-pretty game. Bulls, of course, gritty, not pretty. But, boy, it's really not pretty at the moment. SoFlo Rodeo, who has done their part again today. Sellout crowd at the Yingling Center. Very impressive-looking end-zone shot of the SoFlo Rodeo. Well, this is not a game for the faint of heart. No question about it. This is rugged, a slugfest. And this one rattles around and falls off. How about this for the Bulls? Six straight misses, one for their last eight. They don't have a field goal for the last seven and a half minutes, yet they haven't lost they still their lead. lead yeah. Because SMU is equally inept at getting the ball in the basket, and a lot of that's due to good defense. And I saw Jose Placer, Brandon Stroud, Chris Youngblood all go to Miguel on the floor when they came out of the huddle, kind of tapping him on the chest, telling him to let it fly. I mean, he's a tremendous shooter, well over 40% from three this year. Now they want to post up Youngblood. 
He's working against Lanier, trying to back him down. Double team comes. He steps through, finds Selton Miguel. He's going to shoot this one from the logo. Got it! Yeah. Just what we're talking about. Let number one eat. Chris Youngblood, a little counsel to uh, Selton Miguel, telling him to shoot the ball. He did, and he made it. Miguel out at the top. He's got a big man on him. Couple dribbles, kicks it to Brandon Stroud, fires it around on the perimeter. They find Miguel. He's going to load up a long three right wing. Splash down, Selton Miguel. And Amir Abdurrahim throws his hands up like this is what we should be doing. It's a piece of cake. That's more like it. That's classic USF Bulls basketball. Ball moving around the perimeter, finding the open man, Sultan Miguel, who does not hesitate. Buries another three. Bulls up by seven. Here's Harris on the baseline. Throws it out, and it's caught by Ricardo Wright. Gets it off to Ambrose Hilton. Back to Harris on the logo. He fires a three that misses. Offensive rebound underneath Jalen Smith. Kicks it back out to Harris. He's working on Stroud, gets into the paint, kicks it on the perimeter. Another three by SMU, and finally that one's good by Ricardo Wright. Wright's three cuts it to 21-17, Bulls in the lead, and we are at five minutes to go until halftime. Offensive rebounds, 8-0 SMU in that well, department. There's your, there's your uh, red-letter stat of the day right there. Ricardo Wright brings it down the far sideline. Bulls pick him up in the man-to-man -man defense. Wright steps into a long three. That's good from the logo. And it's 21-20, back-to-back triples by the Mustangs. Mr. Wright heating up. Here's a jump shot by SMU that misses, and they get their hands on the rebound, can't save it. Pryor saves it in, but into the hands of SMU. Another reload. Left side, Wright's open for three again, and makes another one. Oh, boy. It's tied at 23. Call the fire department. Wright has shot the Mustangs into a tie game. They were getting the good Ricardo Wright. He is from Eustis, went to the Villages. Was Marist's leading scorer two years ago, transferred into SMU this year. Recently had 26 points against Memphis when he went 6 for 8 on threes. Game before that, 0 for 4, didn't score against Tulane. Game after that, which was earlier this past week, 0 for 5 on threes. And the Bulls got the good version, and they officially had to pay up for all of the offensive rebounds. As two of those threes were technically second-chance points. How did the Bulls respond with the next seven points and a great end to the first half, of course? Now here's Wright. He's going to fire another three. That's a heat check that came up way short, and Pryor gets the rebound. Three minutes to go first half. Throws a lead pass to Stroud. Now to Selt Miguel. Cut to the basket. Give and go. And the layup is good. The Bulls back up two. How pretty was that? What a pass. Real fight with SMU. Miguel turns on the Jets. Now he leaves it off to Brandon Stroud. He's trying to back his man down. Lefty gets it to Miguel in the corner. He'll load up a three. Yes! Selt Miguel has hit three triples in a row for the Bulls, 28-23. Once he got into it for the first time, it's hard to get him stopped. Selton Miguel is scorching hot right now. Pryor will go to the free throw line, get two, and the Bulls will retain possession of the basketball. So with 1.55 to go, USF leads by five. Cason will take his time to the left end of the gym. Bulls have led by seven in this first half. He lets fly with that first free throw, string music. How about the SoFlo Rodeo? Those maniacs go nuts for 40 minutes, but they know when to shut up. <laughs> That's yep. right now. They can follow directions. <laughs> they know to be quiet when your guy is shooting, and, and this place is stone quiet right now. They all have the bullhorns up in the air waiting for Casey to let the second one go. And he got it. Boy, that that's a sign of a good crowd right there. The Bulls have a seven-point lead to match their largest. 90 seconds to go before the break. 30-24, to 24, second free throw by Hudson to our right. That's too strong. Offensive rebound by the Mustangs. Oh they kick it out to Phelps. Dribble penetration. Floater misses. This is ricocheted all the way out to Harris again. In the corner it goes to Phelps. He'll load up a jump shot. That misses. Plosser with a great box out. There's a fight for it. It lands on the baseline. 
It's going to be a held ball, and possession arrow belongs to the Bulls. I can tell you that Coach Amir is not going to be happy at halftime because SMU is getting to every ball. They're winning all the 50-50 balls. They're getting offensive rebounds. They are, in a lot of ways, out-hustling the Bulls in this game. Hines gets it into Plosser, and that wasn't easy. 1-11 to go before the break. 11 offensive rebounds for SMU, none for the Bulls. Shot clock at 7, he loads up another long three that misses. Tipped around, fight for the rebound. Pryor had it, lost it. Harris shuffles it over. A put-back layup by SMU. Second chance points, 18 to nothing, SMU. That is staggering. Just under 18 seconds to go in the first half. Chris Youngblood looking to throw it in, lobs it into Pryor, who goes way up to get it. And now he wants to get it to Selton Miguel. He used his dribble up. Now he's kind of stuck with it. Gets it to Youngblood. SMU continues to deny. Out at the logo. Game clock down to seven seconds. Youngblood drifting right side. Crosses over. Elevates from 15. Bingo! With three seconds to go in the first half. And that will do it. Chris Youngblood with a huge bucket for the Bulls to close the opening 20 minutes. Gives them their eight-point cushion, which matches their largest. And that possession was surgically Executed. Yes, and that will give great confidence not only to USF, but to Chris Youngblood. That was his first points of the ball game. He's now one of four bulls ahead, 34-26 against SMU. Definitely wanted to throw in some of those SMU clips because it was a big part of why the game was still close. But as you also heard, lots of offense for the Bulls. Chris Youngblood, strange to see him not hit a bucket, but he got that going at the end of the half. Miguel had 11 points in the half. Kaysom Pryor, nine points and five rebounds. Bulls were shooting nearly 50% from the floor and six for 14 on threes and eight for eight at the line. SMU, nine for 36. Again, they had 15 more attempts, but couldn't do much with them. And those quick threes in a row you heard by right were it, as they were three for 13 and five for nine at the free throw line. Total rebounds in the first half were just a plus six for SMU, but on the offensive end, double that to 12 nothing. Free throws would certainly be a factor in the second half and it started off with Chris Youngblood fortunately for the Bulls picking up where he left off. Corey Walker got the start again today catches down on the low block he's got Smith on him drop step goes over the left shoulder jump hook misses fight for the rebound grabbed by Walker got it back how about that play drop step into contact off the window and in Corey Walker beat three people to the rebound then beat three more people to the basket. Off to Youngblood, steps back from 16 feet. Floater, good. Chris Youngblood, same shot he hit at the end of the first half. 38-31, Bulls lead two minutes into the second half. Corey Walker will bring it up. Corey races it to the left wing, hands it off to Youngblood. Hesitation move, he drives right down to the low block. Tough shot off the window, good! I don't even think he used the window in a tough angle. Chris Youngblood got fouled, and Tyreek Smith picks up the personal. Well, Chris Youngblood much more involved in the offense here. Bulls now shoot 50% from the floor. That free throw is good. They're 9 for 9 from the line. Largest lead of the game now at 10. Bulls get it into Reed. 41-33, 17-17 to go. Kobe Knox to the top to Reed. Right side, Youngblood coming off a screen. Elevates, fires. That's going to miss. Offensive rebound by Stroud. Passes to Youngblood. Eight-footer, good! That's Kennesaw State to Kennesaw State love right there. Chris Youngblood continues to thrive now. Here in the second half, he's got seven of his nine points. 10,251 in attendance. Not as big as we had last week, Joey, but it's still big. Still big. It's that big 10,000 number, which uh, has only been approached a a handful of times in the history of this program. And again, back-to-back sellout games. That's 
the most impressive thing. I think the FAU game had its own hype with the state rivalry. FAU coming off a Final Four season, a number 24 ranking. But to come back just one week later, and again in the Sunday noon time slot, which maybe isn't the most convenient for the church-going folks and the, and the youngsters who maybe stay out late on Saturday night, uh, that's another impressive showing by the fans. There's enough praying going on in here today for this <laughs> basketball team yeah. to go around, though. Yeah, I think there might be some intentions <laughs> for the Bulls to make some shots. Well, I just get a kick listening back to the guys, and I tell you, it made the flight back from Tulsa with women's basketball fly by because I was cutting up all these highlights. And thank you guys for giving me so many highlights to cut up. As we continue to bring them to you, middle of the second half, the Bulls kept getting challenged, but we're up to it. Reed holding out near midcourt. Pryor's going to pop out. He goes right side to Selton. He's going to drive baseline, cut off in an elbow by Smith into the back of his neck. Selton backs him down, puts up a jumper, goes. Well, he's got the girth on Smith. Smith is tall, but he's very thin, and Selton kind of pushed him around right there. Yep, the best retaliation, a made basket by Selton Miguel, who now has 13, leads all scorers. So here comes SMU. Bulls will guard the man-to-man. -man. Ricardo Wright. Ambrose Hilton, a runner off the window and in, and they went right to the hoop. With 12 minutes left, it's back to a seven-point game. Selton Miguel, he'll hold it out near midcourt, and SMU stays in their man-to-man. Pryor sets the screen, rolls the basket. Selton going downhill, kicks it in the corner, knocks open for three, lets it fly, around the rim and in. Selton Miguel attracted three players defensively. Here's SMU the other way, blocked from behind by Sam Hines on a layup attempt and out of bounds. Knox got the three, Hines got the block. Bulls lead by 10 with 11.36 to go. Here's Cason Pryor, goes behind the back. They jump him, he almost lost it. Picks up his dribble, finds Kobe Knox. Baseline move for him. Cross-court skip pass, Pryor catches. He's gonna put on the floor, he's all alone from 15 feet. Rattled it in. Hey, why They're not? not gonna guard him, make it. Why not, that wasn't the plan, but found himself open for a 10-footer and he drained it. Bulls back up by 10. 10, 10 to go. Pryor with the ball and the lead. Wants to get it in the corner to Youngblood, he cannot. Now to Selton Miguel at the top. Shot clock cut in half. Selton drives baseline around two guys. Bounce pass to Pryor. Catches in the paint. Ball fake. Puts it on the floor two, three times. Turns and fires from nine feet. Nice. Yes! Kaysen Pryor with a tough shot. He's got 13. Back-to-back -back buckets by Kaysen Pryor getting more involved on the offensive end. The Bulls are up by 12. Left side pass to right. Steps back. Launches a three. Missed it. Backside rebound, it's loose, picked up by Phelps, and misses the layup, a guff foul. Same, same darn thing, every possession, a missed shot, a scramble. Now 19 offensive rebounds. USF has three. They'll shoot the second one, and that one misses, and it's an offensive rebound for SMU. Here's right to the basket, got all the way to the rim, nobody got in front of him, and they get an easy layup out of it. So he missed both free throws, but they get a field goal instead. This is a nightmare on a recurring loop. Oh my gosh. The offensive rebounding of SMU. Fight for the rebound, and it's controlled by SMU. A young blood got hit pretty hard going to the basket, and there was no call. Under eight minutes to go. Jalen Smith to the high post to Williamson. Goes to work against Stroud. He's going to stop and pop for 14. That rimmed out, tipped around, and two bulls fight over it, and Jaden Reed gets it with an assist from Joey Johnston. Got to get your hands on the ball, boys. They were patting around like it's ping pong. Reed into the paint, kicks it out to Chris Youngblood. He puts it on the deck. He gets into the paint. Ball fake. No, nobody bites on it. Kicks it out to Kobe Knox. He'll load up a three. Yes! 7.25 left to go, and Knox hits a big triple on the assist from Youngblood. Yeah, big indeed. 
Bulls back up to a 10-point lead after the three from Kobe Knox. It's a basket the Bulls really needed. We're at 7-10 to go in the ball game. Here's a pass to Phelps, throws an elbow into Knox. Got it blocked underneath, got it back. Missed it, rebound Kobe Knox. Outlets to Jaden Reed, he's one-on-one -on -one with Smith. He's gonna go right at him, reverse layup with a left hand. Oh, a circus shot by the freshman. Jaden Reed chains hands, goes to the left side. How about Jaden Reed hurting after the previous take to the basket. Gets thrown a lob pass, he runs under it and attacks Jalen Smith, who's 6'2", long and athletic, and went into him and used the rim as protection for a left-handed layup. And as we start to bring it home, so did the fans. I'm pretty sure they had an impact on some of SMU's, whatever the opposite of prowess at the free throw line was. And then, uh, Selton Miguel, exclamation point. Bulls are 18 of 20 from the line. SMU, worse than that, 12 for 22. Free throw. Off the front rim, right, missed it. They're 69% for the season. Well, we have lived in that area yeah. for a few seasons. Yeah, we you have. You know what that's like? Nicer to be in the 70s. Ricardo Wright has 16 points. Let's fly with this one, and it's around the rim and off. He's actually getting three free throws. I didn't realize he was outside the arc on that. Ricardo Wright shooting towards the SoFlo Rodeo. Let's it fly. He missed all three. Oh my goodness. Holy smokes. 3.33 left to go in this one, 66-55. Selton's going to hold it out near midcourt and bleed this thing down a little bit. Crossover, going left, cut off. Now he's going to come back to his right. Shot clock down to seven. Selton looking, looking, gets into the paint, throws up a runner. No, he kicks it to Pryor. Jump shot, baseline, good! Right at the buzzer on the shot clock. Miguel set him up, and Pryor knocked him back. Miguel created that basket. Pryor was open along the baseline. Selton drew the defense in, draw, driving and Pryor got the pass and buried it. It's 13, and this place is getting loud with three minutes. They can smell blood in the water. Well, now Youngblood lobs it out near midcourt. Selt Miguel, he's on a breakaway. There's a one-handed dunk. That's the exclamation point on first place in the American. SMU chooses not to foul. Three, two, one. Lucky, they did it again. Lucky 13, Jim. 13 straight victories for this USF team to set an all-time program record before the second straight sellout crowd. What a time to be alive if you are a Bulls fan. USF beats SMU 79 to 68. Just amazing, truly winning every which way you can. Gritty, not pretty indeed on this day, but if you look at the AAC standings, they are very pretty. If you're a South Florida Bulls fan, 14 and one with just three games left and it's a full three games back to 11-4 and four FAU and Charlotte. We were in Tulsa on our Saturday afternoon for practice at the Reynolds Center, and they were basically all ready for the broadcast with the national television cameras and crews and cords, and we were all thinking, go, go Tulsa. And actually looked like Charlotte was going to win double digits, but Tulsa came back and beat them in a thriller. And then after the Bulls win... Memphis gives FAU an L, meaning both those teams are three and back the Bulls. Of course, the Bulls have head-to-head -head on one of them, FAU. Charlotte can still get a head-to-head -head split with the Bulls. And if you're curious, the 49ers do not play between now and Saturday afternoon at 4 o'clock, while FAU will actually play early on Saturday at noon against Tulane. We'll look more forward to that later in the week. And we definitely look forward to the Bulls getting ranked in the top 25 today. Part of that is because... 
basically everybody at the bottom of the top 25 and ahead of them in the receiving votes lost. So it's going to happen. Cason Pryor, 19 points, 9 rebounds, did not miss from the floor. Selton Miguel ended up right behind with 18. Chris Youngblood, 12 points. Kobe Knox added 9, all on threes. That's where all of his shots are coming from, at least in this game. And sure, offensive rebounds ended up 27 to 4 and second chance points 39 to 4. And by the way, SMU attempted 28 more field goals. It's hard to believe, but the Bulls made more than 50% of the ones they did attempt. And oh yeah, at the free throw line, 27 for 30. That's 90%. Second half, 19 for 22, while SMU was going 10 for 22. You heard them miss three at once. They also missed a front end before that. So things go in the Bulls' way. Here's the head coach. I just told the guys to be able to perform the way we performed on Arthur Jones Day. Um, a guy that has so much courage. He's a pioneer. Um, and honestly, I don't know if I'd be the head coach here if he was never the first African-American student athlete here. Um, and so we're just so thankful for his courage, his sacrifice, and his presence. Um, we're just so grateful for it. But, yeah, man, what a, what a game. That's a really good team um, that we just played. But our guys, again, they keep showing that, that resolve, that resolve that you see throughout the fans in this building, you know, the, fan, the people you meet. Uh, around town, you know, I said when I at my press conference, we want a team that represents that mirrors our community and and our campus. And I think we've done that. Before we get into game specifics, I got to say when we were trying to break this game down right afterwards, I cannot take my eyes off the SoFlo rodeo and you singing and dancing with those guys having the time of your life. They're having the times of their lives. I know you're serious about practice and the games, but boy. You're having fun enjoying these victories with your fans, no question. No, no question. And, that, and, and they're, you know, they're a big part of it. Again, we give, we give God the glory, you know, but we want to be, a, I said it, we want to be part of the campus. We don't want to be, I wish we could just be USF, you know, just USF. But I know they got to put men's basketball on it. But it, we want to be a part of campus. And we, we perform, you know, to, again, to glorify God's name but, and to represent our community. But we want our students, you know, five, 10, 15 years from now. We want them to remember every season here, but we want them to remember this season. We want to do something special, and we're in the midst of that now. 10,251 in wow. attendance for this one today. Second straight sellout. Uh, Coach, you guys shoot 51% from the floor against a top 30 defense in the league, or in the nation, sorry. Yeah, that, that's the, the, the luxury of being at home. Um, and it's the luxury of having really good players. They make me, they make me look like a good coach. I'm, I'm really blessed and fortunate to have uh, high-character kids that want to be coached, um, that, you know, they, they stay together. And um, that's what, you know, you can do that, you know. But what I love the most is that we're not just relying on the three ball anymore. You know, we shot it well, you know, pretty good tonight compared to <laughs> UTSA. Yeah. But we had, you know, we had 15 turnovers. And I want to say seven to eight of them were just so careless. So that's just me being a coach. Free throws, another big factor, 27 of 30, mm. one of your best performances of the season no or question. of any season. Obviously, I know you guys work on that a lot, yep. but it came up big for you today. No, they, they did. And, man, I want, to, I want to make sure, because you know, he doesn't get, you know, these, it's guys like this, they don't get credit all the time. But like Sam Hines, you know, his, his, his job at the line, his job, his, his energy, you know, and, and all of those things, man, for him to come in and be able to give us those points that he gave us, they were huge. He went eight for eight from the free throw line, and he's a guy that works as hard on his free throws as anybody. So 
you know, if you see Sam around, around town, give him a big old hug. Talking with Amir Abdul-Rahim after a 79-68 home win against SMU. Two key categories in this game, Coach. You get 14 assists on 22 makes, but you're playing a team that leads the league in assists at 16 per game, and you hold them to seven, which yeah. tells me that's some good help defense yeah. there. And then the other thing coming in, both of these, these are the two best benches in the yes. American Conference. They get their average. You get 51. That's anything but average. Well, Selton McGill's a bad boy. He's <laughs> <laughs> a bad dude. But, then, but, again, you know, Sam Hines coming in getting eight. You know, um, Casey Pryor, who, man, I can't – I'm so proud of that kid, man, because I coach him. I probably coach him as hard or just as hard as anybody else. And when he's had a good year, you know, we brought him off the bench the last few games. He could have made it about him and went the other way, but all he's done is stepped his game up even more. Just man, and if and that's growth, you know, it's growth, and he's gonna gonna play a long time. So, coach, you win your 13th straight game. That sets a program record. It breaks the record set in 80-81, the first year this building was opened. <laughs> You've not lost a game since January 7th. We've all grown up a lot since then. Yeah. You've beaten the best teams in the league. You've beaten teams at the bottom. You've come from behind. You've played from ahead. You've done a little bit of everything. You continue to win. What has been the biggest factor that's allowed you, and it's tough to win 13 straight on anything, what's allowed you to continue this momentum? Consistency allows average things to become excellent or average teams to become excellent. And we've just been very consistent in our, in our approach to each day. We've been consistent in our habits on and off the court. They're, the habits are matching up. Um, I, I get these daily reports every day, and, you know, they have later missed, later missed, and they have daily positives. And our daily positives have been on point. Um, guys showing up 15, 20 minutes to, to study hall, staying after, putting, doing extra work at study hall. Um, and, and that's what's been able to allow us. Because, again, I, I said it to you guys before, I don't want to be the hot team. You don't win 13 in a row because you're hot. You win 13 in a row because you're consistent. And you got a great fan base. Just love how the whole community is getting behind this team. Now if we can only get the computers behind the Bulls. Latest net rankings see the Bulls jump seven spots to 84. You know, I didn't want to say anything because I didn't want to be this guy on a Sunday morning. But I noticed, and John Rothstein, who's all over the Bulls, national college basketball expert, contributor for CBS. And he's uh, hyping them up. He posted on Sunday morning that, for example, South Carolina with the win against Ole Miss jumped 11 spots to 47. And I held my tongue because maybe the Bulls were going to jump something similar, folks. South Carolina jumped 11 spots by beating a team that was ranked 68th. The Bulls beat the team that was ranked 40th and only jumped up seven spots. So I know it has to do with other teams that you played and how they did, but Seems like the system is not set up to help the Bulls as far as the computer rankings go. But fortunately, there are human beings that not only vote in the AP and coaches polls that I think are going to have the Bulls ranked, but there are human beings on the tournament committee. And if the Bulls, and we just mentioned it, they're going to be the regular season champions. If they, unless they just absolutely flame out in the quarterfinals of the conference tournament, it would be, I'd say, darn near impossible not to give them an at-large bid. We hope that we're not worrying about this. We hope that the Bulls take the whole thing in Fort Worth. We still have three more games to go before that, starting off Saturday in Charlotte. Well, if you're listening to Friday's show, we told you that the men's track and field team had designs on an indoor championship as far as the conference goes, and they got it. 
on Saturday, and they got it by a good bit, by the way. The men were first, the women were third, and the Bulls overall on the men's side won seven events. The guy that was named Freshman of the Year since the conference indoor track and field season just wrapped up this weekend, Markel Jones and Jaleel Kroll, who was named the most valuable performer at the actual meet. He won the 200 meters and the 60-meter dash, talking about Kroll, and Markel Jones was on the 4x4 relay team and won the 60-meter hurdles. Bulls got it started going 1-2 in the pole vault on Friday with Kobe Babin winning, followed by Noah Bitter. Then seven more wins on Saturday started off with the men having five in the finals for the 400 meters, and that's an event that the Bulls haven't always stood out in. Well, Nathan Metellus, transfer from Bethune-Cookman, was the winner, setting a program record of 46.35 seconds, and Shavoy Reed not far behind him in third place. Jones then won the 60-meter hurdles, followed by Kroll in the 60-dash, with Zaquan Lincoln coming in behind him in second. Second place for Kareem Belmadi with a school record in the 800 meters, and again, the distance events, something that the Bulls have started to boost up in, and that helps you at an event like this. The more events, obviously, I'm not some track and field expert that you have. doesn't even take standouts, just solid performers and much less standouts, the more points you rack up. Kroll then won the 200 meters for his second dub. Metellus finished in third in that one. Then the 4x4 relay team of Devante Archer, Dante O'Banion, Markel Jones, and Treshawn Bowie win it. On the women's side, Shania Benjamin Friday got a podium finish third in the women's long jump. Individual championship for the women, Taryn Peterson in the 400 meters. Right behind her was Zariah allers Labird, And then right behind allers Labird in the 200-meter final was Shania Benjamin. They were separated by two thousandths of a second. They were fourth and fifth in the event, but first and second in school history. So for a second straight day, allers Labird broke the school record in that personal event. And finally, Peterson, Benjamin, Allers LeBird, and Amanda St. Louis win with a meet record time, the 4x4, 3 minutes, 36.31 seconds. Overall, the men destroyed the field, if you really look at it. 156 points go down to second place, Charlotte, 105 and a half, and then another 20 down to UTSA for the women. Charlotte was the champ, edging Rice by two, and then a little bit of a drop-off to the Bulls in third, and further behind them, Tulsa. So third out of 14 for the women, first out of nine for the champions on the men's side. And again, we'll be doing plenty of interviews with track and field for the Bullseye program that will run later on this week, and we'll feature Jose Fernandez and a member of his team. His team was in action on Sunday. We got some of those highlights and where the Bulls are in the standings. And as you can tell, we are already... More than a half hour in, which is the length of a normal Bulls beat, but men's basketball, you know, keeps making us go long, and we don't mind doing it. 